Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, y'all, hold on one second. Before we move on to our next topic, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Point number one, it's free. F-R-E-E. That means no money down. You can download the app and you can use it immediately. No money down, no bread, no nothing. Point number two, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. What am I saying? I'm saying you don't have to download any strange or or hard to learn software. You don't have to leave the comfort of your home. If you have a cell phone or a laptop, then that's all you need to start making your podcast on Anchor today. Point number three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. Let me say it again. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify. I'm talking Apple Podcasts. I'm talking Google Podcasts. I'm talking everywhere, any podcast platform you can think of, Anchor will distribute it for you. So you post your podcast right here on Anchor, and then on your end, your job is done. Anchor's literally doing the work for you. Point number four, point number four, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Let me say that again for the people in the back. I said on Anchor. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That means if one individual listens to your podcast, you can still make some money. Mm. Who don't like money? I know I do. In the last point, point number five, it's literally everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So listen, I don't know about y'all, but I love Anchor. I've been using it for a while. It's been amazing for the Porch Podcast. And I got other friends who have podcasts as well who have told me nothing but positive things about this app. So listen, you need to download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let me say that one more time. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to A-N-C-H-O-R, that's Anchor dot fm to get started this is the porch this is darnell smith let's get it baby anchor i love you yo 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 what's popping you kicking it with the coldest podcast in the land i'm your boy b jones better known as bolo and of course i'm kicking it with my dog what's going on y'all it's your boy d nail aka big smitty aka d nice and this is the porch Dream. I'm on the road, I'm with the team, I got a show, rolling up green, nigga get pulled, jump on the stage, crazy I go, shot to the top of what's raising them lows, patiently working, attacking my goals, come to my section, I'm making a toast, this for the game, this for the bros, this for the one that was riding, what's going on man, it's been, it's been about a what, about a week or two, been about a week or two, you know, life is happening, you know what I mean, but I'm very appreciative of us just always making a way, bro. Find a way to make it happen, bro. That's it. We no, we, we resilient, bro. We we find a way to get it done. No excuses, my brother. No, no excuses. excuses, bro. <laughs> but for yeah, real, man. Real, like bro. like you said, there's been a lot going on, and uh, you know, I, I want to get straight to it. And we gonna start off on a little bit of a heavier note. You know, as we know, um, there's another 
a senseless, you know, killing and, and the police shooting of a, a black man, young black man, Dante Wright, 20 year old, um, was murdered well, about a, I think about a week ago in uh, Minnesota, mm-hmm. literally, literally like 10 miles away from the, you know, from, from the trial, um, you know, that's going on with, with, with George Floyd and, um, yeah, man, it's just, I'll start it off, man. It's just a shame. It, it, I'm just tired. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's probably the best way for me mm-hmm. to just describe, man. Just just tired of just another shooting, another killing. It's the same thing. The protest is back. And it's like, when is this going to end? Like, mm-hmm. what's what's the solution? And th- that's always been my mindset when I'm with any problem, with any situation, bro. It's like, what's the solution? And with this, man, I'm just kind of in the point where it's like, man, I... I, I honestly don't know. I, I honestly don't know what to, what the solution is. I, I think the problem, and there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of problems, man. You you could point to racism, obviously. You could point to, um, you know, white people thinking that black people are just dangerous for whatever reason, and and, mm-hmm. and to the point to where when they do pull us over, they're quick to pull a gun. It, it's like once they walk up and they see a black man or a black woman or whatever, they're already on edge, off the rip. So any little movement, any little, you know, talk back that we might do, anything that we do that's, that's not, you know, perfect, you know, meaning that like, you know, if we get a little irritated, we say something back, just something little, they already quick to shoot or quick to just go. And it's like, how do you change that? How do you change how somebody feels about you? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, so that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at right now, man. I, I want to start off with that and just get, and let you jump in, man. You being a black man, you have a a son, another son on the way. I just want to hear your perspective from being a father, man. Just kind of how you're feeling with everything going on. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, just starting out is like you said, it's, it's exhausting um, just to see it and, and to hear it and, and to watch the videos and, and to know see the wrongdoing on TV, but nothing really happens in, in hindsight, right? Um, right? I think that's the most unfortunate part for me that, you know, obviously we have a problem um, with our justice system, you know, we have, um, you know, a lack of training, um, you know, on the police side of things. And it's just a constant cycle that we continue to see. And the, the bad thing about it is this stuff has been going on for years and years, but now, you know, footage is, 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 uh, starting to be captured and, and the world is starting to see it. And even with that, things aren't changing, you know, right. Uh, you asked me if, you know, I mean, I, I don't have the answers. I don't, I don't think nobody does at this point. You know, me having, you know, a son right now and then having a son on the way, it, it really is bothersome. And I worry a lot, you know, because as a parent now, my mindset has shifted. You know, it's like what I look forward to coming home now is just seeing my son smile, mm-hmm. you know. So thinking about parents who, you know, don't get that, you know, because of somebody who is supposedly supposed to protect you. You know, not protecting you, not protecting you, and taking your life is just unfair. And right. for the position that they're in, you know, and for us to go through so many hoops just to get those people brought to justice is just even more frustrating. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about it, you know, even before I jumped on here, and you know, all, all I could do is, you know, teach my kids, you know, give them the knowledge, you know, give them all the wisdom that I have, the understanding of what's going on in the world right now educate them, you know, let them know kind of, you know, who you are, you know, you're a black man, you know what I'm saying? You're one of the strongest beings on this planet, you know, and, and people know that. And when people see that, they view that as a threat. We, we, my being, my skin color is the biggest weapon 
um, against other people in the world, specifically white people. And that's just that's just keeping it straight real. You know, not all white people, right, but right. a lot of white people. You know what I'm saying? And the bad, the harsh reality about it is I can give my kids the game, tell them everything that I know of what not to do, how to do something. You know, they're super intelligent and they can go by the book and do everything right. But it's still going to be a cop who has, you know, these pre- uh, these pre-existing notions of, okay, this is a black boy, this boy is a threat, I don't know if my life is in danger, and this guy has his hands on the wheel, and he's following instructions, but, you know, the cop still got his hand on his on his gun, you know what I'm saying, so what makes me so much, so frustrated about it is because I see stories all the time where white people are driving away, you know what I'm saying, or getting out the car, you know, just being ignorant and, and yelling, and I have mean seeing people with guns, but you don't see them shooting them, you know, and a lot of people that die that look like me are unarmed. You know what I mean? Let's talk about, you know, Skittles. Let's talk about Arizona's. Let's talk about cell phones. You know, all these things, the, right. these guys don't have weapons. These girls don't have weapons, but they view my skin complexion as a weapon, you know? So for us, you know, you can do all this training and stuff like that. But if somebody's mentality is already, I view black people as a threat, then we're going to continue to go down this cycle. You know what I'm saying? I think it's something where, it just has to start from the beginning, like, of, yeah. you know, hey, have you ever been to, in, into a situation where, you know, you have, you know, ethnicity problems or, you know, uh, your sexes or just kind of figuring out anything that could potentially trigger that person when seeing somebody else that they may not be on the same page with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, it, it's just tough, man. It's, it's, it's very, it's very, very frustrating to see it time and time again. Man, shout out to, um, you know, everybody just bonding together, man. One thing that I know about black people is, you know, we've been through the ringer. We've been through a lot, like right. from the from the test of time, you know what I'm saying? And I think we, we, uh, we've we came a long way as far as having opportunities to be successful. But in hindsight, we still see the same struggles that we've seen back in the 50s and the 60s and stuff like that. So right. um, just let's just keep pressing forward. Let's keep bonding, sticking together and, and, and taking that next step. And just looking out for each other, bro. I don't know if you've seen what happened. Uh, I seen on social media. It was some type of army sergeant guy. It was a black dude walking in the neighborhood. Oh yeah, that bro, and, then, and then the white guy, the the sergeant, he's a part of the the, the army. The service yeah. is supposed to serve and protect comes out and harasses this guy for walking in the neighborhood. For no reason. You know, his, like, his neighborhood. I think the black man. The, he said he lives there too. He lived in the neighborhood. <laughs> so like, what gives you the the right? You know what I mean? To, to go and approach this this gentleman who's who's not bothering you just walking in the neighborhood you feel threatened by his being by his person walking and you want to push him you know what I mean you, you I think he I think he finally did did get assault uh got a assault charge uh put on him and yeah, the I funny thing so. about it is like the wife was recording like you're incriminating your husband thinking thinking that this black dude is doing something wrong but he's just walking down the street you know and that's right. how the, that's how the, that's how the police see it and that's how a lot of people who are in those high commanding positions view black people. You know what I'm saying? Right. We see it. And so, the thing is, bro, the, the reason, not to cut you off, the reason why she was recording, in my opinion, is she was hoping and thinking that he, the black, the, the, I can't remember gone. the name, was going to retaliate. Yep. And that's how he was, and now once once you, once you we react, everything that happened before don't matter. You don't know matter. what I'm saying? I, I'm the victim now. They I'm turned the, into the victim. Exactly. Now I'm in jail. Now I'm, so that's what she was hoping, but he was smart enough not to retaliate and to be smart and just, you know what I mean? Not Kept to do school. anything. Kept Kept school. School. Which is hard to do, man. It's because like, if, if he would, if he would have swung on him, 
I'm just being real. I, I feel him. I, I understand why he would have. He pushed you know him. I mean? He pushed him. He would have. Yeah. You that would have been granted. You know what I'm saying? He so, was being a bully, man. That's what it comes down to. And I don't like bullies, period. And it's just crazy because it's like, I, 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 I it, it doesn't make sense to me, honestly. I don't understand how you just don't like somebody who you don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, just don't like them. It makes no sense. I can't even, I can't even put my thoughts to even, you know what I mean? To even like think the way that, that that's the racist white people are thinking. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I, I just hope that, that they bring, you know, to bring everything back full circle with, with this particular, you know, case right now with, you know, Dante Wright. I hope that the officer, I believe her name is Kim Potter, I believe. I know she got charged with uh, the second degree manslaughter yes, right man. now, uh, but you know, still got to go through the case and the trial. So I hope that we just finally get some justice. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's, it's on tape. I mean, eat, listen. One, I think I think it's bullshit that she's saying she, she accidentally pulled out the damn taser. She thought it was a taser. She's and, a and, and then, bro, she's been on the on, on the force for 20 plus years. Like 20 so also years. training people. So you're incompetent. You know. Uh, that kind of just shows kind of where that department is, you know what I mean, as, exactly. as a department, because you have these 20 plus year veterans who are still mistaking a taser for a gun. And the thing about it is your mistake cost somebody their life. Life, you know, you know what I mean? We're not talking about a mistake where you slipped and fell or you bumped him or something else. You killed a, you killed a human being, something that can never be taken back. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's certain professions, bro, where, where you really can't make a mistake, honestly. Like, it's very, you know, very, not that type of mistake. And honestly, that's why I think she's lying. But even, listen, even if she really did make a mistake, there's still repercussions to your mistake. There's consequences for everything. You know it's what I'm saying? If I, if, I, if I drive my car and I mistakenly swerve over and run into the car that's, that's coming towards me, ongoing traffic, yep. then I'm going to have to pay the consequences and repercussions of me making that mistake. And the thing is, you know, I don't feel like police are hold to that same that same caliber of consequences same like standard, everybody yeah. else, bro. They wanna they wanna create different excuses and reasonings and things like that. But for me, I feel like for police officers, bro, they should they should be held to even a higher standard than the normal civilians. Right. You know what I'm saying? And for me, bro, it's like we we have a couple friends that are you know in government agencies. Yeah. We have police officers, like so. I have respect for the police officers, but. Do not become a police officer if you're afraid that you're not coming home that night. All right, and that's just, that's just the that's the realest shit that I ever can tell you. You know what I'm saying? When you jump into that job, that's to serve and protect. By serving and protecting means that you may not come home that night, and that's just the harsh reality you have to live with by being in that profession. Right. You can't be scared and be quick to draw your gun because you fear for your life. If you right. fear for your life every time you see somebody that 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 looks like a threat, then you shouldn't be in that profession. And a lot of these. All these people who I call fucking cowards, mm. cowards, you know what I'm saying, are scared, you know, of, of somebody who is not even a weapon. They don't even have a weapon on them and they view that person as a weapon. So they want to feel like they got to protect themselves. Right. But if you got to do that, you shouldn't even be on the law. You shouldn't be a part of the law. You know what I'm saying? You uphold the law. You're not above the law. Exactly. Exactly. Like you said, bro, it's to protect and serve. It's not to kill. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, you have your weapon for very specific situations where you need to protect yourself of course of like i understand of duh we know that but that should to me that should be like the last option like i don't know i'm not a, i'm not in the profession i don't know the rules i don't know the training but to me drawing your weapon your act your gun should be like the last option you, you, you should you know what i mean it should be, should be a conversation at first if if you need to get get to the taser you can get to the taser 
if you need to grab like i think there's so many steps <laughs> that can go ahead before you just go to the gun and it seems like they're just saying nah gun oh you don't you don't listen to me oh shoot you oh i'm mm -hmm. i'm, I'm, running I'm away. scared shoot no, you it's you know like what, what? You take a physical you take a physical and you run all these miles in a specific time so you can be in shape to do what you're supposed to do to ch chase down people right. so and the somebody's out running you instead of you getting on your high horse and trying to track somebody down you pull out a gun and shoot them like the it's one lazy. guy <laughs> bro so the one guy in chicago bro i just seen the video and by the time this video uh our, our podcast plays i think yeah. a lot of people will see it i think they're trying to take it off the internet but um, Adam Toledo, he's 13 years old, um, from Chicago, um, shot and killed by a police officer running away. You know what I'm saying? It was uh, March 29th, 2021. And I guess the, they lied on the police report and said that the, the, the kid was pulling out a gun and I, the videos just dropped today and it shows the kid running. Obviously he's 13 years old, so he's probably afraid for his life, yeah. you know? And the kid turns around, puts his hands up and the guy shoots him in the chest shot dead, 13 years old. And you are a, a, a trained police officer. You know what I'm saying? You, you're, and, and I'm not, I'm, I don't wanna be ignorant and, and just say something that I don't think I know, but I'm pretty sure that the way they train, they do not shoot to kill. You right. know what I'm saying? They mm -hmm. don't shoot to kill. But lately, a lot of things that I've been seeing has been the intent to kill. You know what I'm saying? George Floyd, knee on the neck. That was the intent to suppress his breathing so he could die. You know what I mean? For nine minutes. Right. You know what I'm saying? You shoot somebody in the chest. You know what I'm saying? You pull your gun out within that close proximity for with, with Dante, that bullet is going to hit him. Right. You know what I mean? One shot. Oh, that's it. All you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's really frustrating, man. And the only thing I can really do is, you know, just hold, hold my, hold my kid tight and, 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 you know, pray and, you know, like I said, continue to give them knowledge, wisdom and understanding and, and just try to just stay out of those situations, man. And to be black in America is probably the hardest thing to do because, um, ain't no hiding, ain't no hiding. When you go out to the grocery store, you jump in your car, you're getting gas. When you interacting in the public, somebody is viewing you as a threat. Somebody's viewing you as a person who may steal something. You know what I mean? Somebody's always looking at you in a negative light you know, which is so unfair for us. So we need to, you know, just continue to bind together. And, you know, we know who we are as a people, you know, we know the power that we possess and we just need to continue to, you know, press forward and, and you know, start our own stuff, man, and, and build these communities up, bro. And and just teach our kids, man. That's it, right. just teach our kids. Right, man, no, oh. I, that's, that's definitely true, man. I, I kind of, in closing for me, I just kind of feel like it's a shame, but like, honestly, like in terms of, if I had to give any advice, it's like as black people, I feel like we damn near gotta be like perfect in everything. And what I mean by that is like we can't even be in position to get pulled over. Like we can't even have, unfortunately, right? You know what I'm saying? I think I think Dante had um his registration was expired, you know, which is like okay, we all done been there. Like that's not it's not a big deal at all. You know what I'm saying? But it's like unfortunately, until until these races, the racist white people, whatever, until their mindsets change of how they feel about us or whatever the case may be, we gotta just try to avoid even being in them in them situations. And the only way to do that is by, I know it literally sounds crazy, right? But you gotta damn near be, be perfect. Don't no tickets, no no registration, no you know you know. And even then, I can't promise you nothing. But that's my only little bit of a advice that I would say just to kind of make it through. You know what I'm and, saying? And bro, um, I'll, I'll say this too, to, to add before we before we transition. Yeah. Uh, one thing too that I think will, will help 
you know, this cause is, you know, our brothers and sisters that are, that are, you know, on the force, mm. you know what I'm saying? Being more consistent and persistent with, with training and telling, telling, you know, your colleagues of this is, this is how it goes. This is not what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Not just turning a blind eye to it. You know what I mean? When you see somebody getting, you know, beat down by the police and stuff like that, stepping in, you know what I'm saying? Just having, having more, I get it. You got a job. And I, and I, I read, I read different content of how like, people are afraid to, to step up and, and say something to a colleague and fear of losing their job and things like that. But at this point, people are losing their lives, man. So, you know, if you're not standing up for something, you're going to fall for everything. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Don't, don't be a puppet. You know what I'm saying? Go out there and, and serve and protect, man, and protect your community. Don't, don't have, you know, your, your, your colleagues and your teammates and support the blue and all that stuff that y'all got going on. You know, don't let that be bigger than, what we seeing in this world today. And I'm not, I'm not just making it a white and black thing because I yeah. see, I know a lot of black officers that see black people as threats too. And they're quick to pull Same. out a gun on a black person before they do a white person too. So they not safe neither. You know what I'm saying? I think we get it from both angles. We get it from our kind and we get it from, you know, everybody else. You know what I'm saying? That's just because that perception. Yeah. So, you know, my advice to, you know, these officers out here, man, is just create that peer pressure, man, and let them know wrong is wrong. Yeah. That's facts right there, man. I don't need to add nothing to it. So I think that was some, some big words and people can learn from that. Like I said, I, I don't have any kids yet, but just, you know, thinking about the situation, I'm like, man, I just want to really educate myself on this. How, you know, how, how do you even talk to your kids in these types of situations or, or, you know, you know, things like that. So no, I definitely appreciate that. Uh, but let's transition to a little bit of, you know, a, a little more positive, a little, a little different note, kind of talk about some sports here. Um, so, you, you know, me and you were talking kind of offline and uh, you brought up, you know, you know, Michael Vick, right? And I know me and you, I think me and you both are fans of the uh, podcast with Brendan Marshall called uh, I Am Athlete. And uh, I, I think they had brought him up uh, one of the recent episodes. And uh, now nah, this is the one of the questions I, that we, we were talking about is like, huh, could Michael Vick be like productive in, in, in today's game? Like how good would Michael Vick be in, in, in today's game? I'm, I'm gonna let you jump in first. I, I got my opinion, but I wanna hear what you got to say. Okay, so... Um, I think we talked about it, um, you know, pre-show that obviously I'm not discrediting, discrediting anybody who was a mobile quarterback before Michael Vick. Right. You know what I'm saying? So the, the Randall Cunningham's, the Jeff Garcia's, like kind of those old school guys who were a bit mobile, you know what even, I mean? Even Steve to, Young used to Steve Young yeah. guys who, who, who were able to move around in the pocket and, and, and um, you know, uh, extend plays essentially. Yeah. Um, not discrediting those guys, but when you talk about guys like Michael Vick, uh, he changed, I think, the culture of the game. Um, right. He opened up a lot of doors for um, black quarterbacks who are athletic to make plays at the quarterback position. Um, before we even, you know, heard about Michael Vick, you know, it was just kind of pretty much that West Coast offense under center, three step, five step drop, you know, throwing hitches, throwing posts, kind of doing your own, you know, kind of running the route tree, right? Right, right. But now it's it's one of those things where you know, quarterbacks have more of an open, open, uh, open world when it comes to kind of seeing the right. field and making plays and being able to be more. Um, it's almost like backyard football a bit more. Like go out there and just ball. Like just be yeah, like just, just ball. Just improvise. Like the <laughs> just being able to improvise. You know, kind of change the game a lot, right? So Michael Vick came out and and um, he broke the the record for rushing as a quarterback, um, and you know he changed the game. Uh, now what we were talking about was, you know, would he be a factor in, in today's world now of football, seeing that a lot of quarterbacks now, I want to say 
I'll give it, I'll say about, mm, about, about 50%, about 50%, 50%, 60%, what you think? Uh, quarterbacks are, have some type of mobility Mobile? to them. Yeah, I mean, it's off the top. You got Cam Newton still. You got Lamar Jackson, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, Watson, Kyler Murray, even Tua a little bit, Patrick Mahomes a little bit, Josh Allen for sure. Josh Allen can move. So a lot um, Aaron of Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers can Rodgers move. Even can move in the pocket. So yeah. a lot of quarterbacks can move, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think – for me, I think he will fall. I think he would fall right in the middle of the pack mm-hmm. um, when it comes to him being relevant in today's football world. Um, the first person I really think about that kind of reminds me something close to him as far as the athlete is Lamar Jackson. But my opinion is I think Michael Vick's passing game was a little bit better than uh, Lamar Lamar's um, at this point. Uh, Lam- Fucking Michael Vick had a tight spiral, bro. He can really that deep ball was his game. You know what I'm he saying? Had a, I really, he had a huge arm. His accuracy early on was a little off sometimes. Yeah, kind of shaky. But he had a shaky, huge right? arm, though. He had a cannon. huge arm, bro. Huge <laughs> arm. Um, and I think not to discredit Lamar Jackson, I think he's getting to a point where he's going to continue to develop himself as an all-around quarterback. Yeah. But um, I think Vick had got to a point where he was dropping dimes like consistently, like throwing throwing the ball. I think I was looking at a couple of his stats. He ended the year above fifty plus percent as far as percentage of you know making plays, uh, which is not bad for uh, more of a dual threat quarterback. Right. And um, I think I think right now I think he would probably fall in the middle of the pack because you got guys like Deshaun Watson who can really throw the ball, you know what I mean, and be right. mobile. You got people like Pat Mahomes can really throw the ball and be mobile. Um, Tannehill and throw the ball and be mobile. Josh Allen, throw the ball and be mobile. So there, there's, I think there's a lot of competition. I don't think he will be one of the top tier quarterbacks in our league today. Um, just seeing, just seeing how much, how much the, the, the quarterback room has progressed. Um, I think a lot of quarterbacks these days bring a lot more to the table than just their athletic ability. I think it, it changes a little bit, right? It changes a little bit from what you can do in the pocket. But if you really can sit back and, and, and throw the ball and be consistent and then want to get out get out of the jam and, and, and get out of the pocket and run, that makes a difference, though. Uh, I'm not saying that he will fall underneath, but he probably will be one of those mediocre kind of middle-of-the-pack quarterbacks. Ooh, that's a, that's a hot take right there, my brother. I, I think, man, it depends who we're talking about, right? So, like, Atlanta Falcons' Michael Vick was just a crazy athlete just out there just – and he he even told you in documentary he's like he didn't even really watch film he was just going out there just balling went to the NFC championship like to do that and again this is a very this was still a very competitive league at that time so it's not like he played like in the the 50s or something like that where it was like you know no competition he's playing against like guys you know what I'm saying he's taking big hits and getting up and like you said he wasn't the most accurate quarterback early on but he had a huge arm and he was such a threat as far as running his you know his legs that it would open up, you know, a lot of guys down the field and single coverage and stuff like that, right? So, and then transition to, you know, after he, he got, he had to go to jail and he got to his trouble, but he came back and was on Philly. He was a little different, bro. He was, his, his he was. accuracy he got better. Throwing in the pocket. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to sleep on, on his throwing ability too, because I know his athleticism was so good. Sometimes I think that like, it just trumps any like uh, memory Absolutely. of how good he was at throwing. But that man could throw too, man. Especially later mm-hmm. in his years when he actually watched film. So, I, I, I think Vic is. I think Vic, like prime Vic, hundred percent focused Vic, would be mm-hmm. kind of top, kind of similar to Lamar. I'm gonna be real. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I, I think from just kind of skill set, I think he is better than Lamar because he can throw the ball. You know what I'm saying? His, his spiral is a little bit more tighter than Lamar at this point. 
But too, just I know people listening and, and especially my sports fans who kind of want to dig into it a little bit more. Obviously, this is just kind of open conversation. You know, we're yeah. not talking about offenses. We're not talking about who he may be playing, playing for. And obviously he so played for the Falcons and he was very consistent within that offense and what he was doing. And when you think about it, there wasn't a lot of designated um, there wasn't a lot of designated run plays for Michael Vick. It was more so when those plays extended, he was able to make something happen. So right. now when you think about the game of what Lamar Lamar is bringing, they got quarter gap, you know what I mean? They got quarter zone, you know, so they got a lot of plays that are created for quarterbacks to pretty much run like running backs, but right. to, to, to kind of uh, jump on the other side of the fence. Now you have a lot of defenses though, back when Michael Vick was actually doing his thing, a lot of people didn't know how to handle somebody moving like that, you know what I'm saying, in the right. pocket and being able to extend play. So defensive coordinators were just scratching their heads. So now we've seen so many quarterbacks that are mobile. Now we're at a point where now defensive coordinators are starting to wise up now and figure out ways to stop these mobile quarterbacks and kind of start to box them in, in into the pocket. You can but see hold, that on, hold on, hold on. Are they really stopping them, though? Like, I, no, no, man, they're not stopping them, <laughs> but I just think that from, from where it was back in the day, from the 2000s to 2010 and 11, when he was really successful, right, right, right. they really didn't have a big answer for it. But now, you know, I think defensive coordinators are starting to wise up now, and you got a lot of um, kind of, a you know, players and different athletes that, uh, rovers and things like that, that yeah. could, you know, pretty much spy the quarterback and, and, and try to make plays. And, and I get it, an athlete is an athlete. The athlete is going to outplay somebody and, you know, he's going to shake somebody just kind of him being athletic, but it definitely reduces the chances of him being that even that much more successful, um, you know, now that defensive coordinators are starting to catch on to that mobile, mobile quarterback. Yeah, no, nah, I definitely feel, I mean, I think it's definitely a, a good, a good discussion to have, man. I just, when I go back on YouTube and just watch like Michael Vick highlights, I'm like, man, this dude different. Like he fought four, three speed, like. Yeah. Got the wiggles. It's like, man, I just, it's hard to, for me to sometimes, visualize him. Now, jump in. Yeah, I was about to say, sometimes, not to cut you off, sometimes yeah. even when you game plan that, you know, somebody can, you know, out outplay you, you know what I mean? Just from their athleticism. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, think about it. Like, you know, when me and you, you know, we're former players ourselves, you know, throughout the week, you usually try to get a guy on scout team to mimic that guy, but you can't mimic that level of greatness. Yeah. You know, you, you go get you a cornerback or a wide receiver who's on the scout team to play quarterback for that week because he's so fast. And it's like, well, he might be fast like Vic, but he can't he can't throw he can't throw the deep ball like him. He can't do the it just it's hard to mimic that throughout the week, you know what I mean? Especially at the NFL level where I know you know they practice is kind of like it ain't it's not like college practice where you know we we go hard the entire week. We're NFL, these are vets guys who are not really gonna be going too much, you know, physical, physical Sunday. Stuff. Just you know what I'm saying? So it's hard to prepare for that. So I don't know. And it, I did say one more thing before we transition. Don't sleep on Lamar Jackson's throwing ability too. Oh. Now, because he he led the league in passing touchdowns, not this year, but the but the year the year prior in passing touchdowns. So yeah. I don't want to I don't want to sleep now. No, I'm not I'm not sleeping <laughs> on him. I think I think they did set up good. I think his running ability did set them up for success. I know he had a, a huge target in the tight end where yeah. he had a lot of targets from that tight end. But I'm just saying, kind of more so his deep ball ability because I know a lot of his touchdowns were kind of in the red zone. You know, kind of just. Yeah. Uh, dumping it, dumping it down, down. But as far as like sitting in the pocket, driving from the 20, going in, down the field, you know, you really don't see too much of that yeah. as far as him throwing the ball down the field. But uh, I love, I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's still continuing to grow. 
I think he he started off super strong. And like you said, it's kind of hard when you're super athletic and you're just an athlete that can run. Then they just put that much more pressure on you to bring another um, element, you know, piece or, right, of yeah. element to your game. You feel me? So, yeah, definitely good. But if I bring Michael Vick in, into the uh, into the picture here in 2021 with all of, all of the athletic quarterbacks, he probably be top five though. He'll be top five. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes, and probably Michael Vick. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, you said top five overall. I thought you were saying top five rushing quarterback. Ooh, I don't, I don't know. we'll see. Just we'll like, see. just <laughs> like, just like vintage Vic, though. Yeah, vintage. yeah, yeah. Prime Vic. Yeah, you probably prime right. Vic, not Vic that played with the Steelers and with the Jets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about vintage when he was on the commercials. Come on, you big know Vic, mean? big Vic, with where the, everybody the, wanted with to the braids to the back, with the braids to the back. With the with the with the uh, old school Revel helmets. Oh, okay, okay. You might want the Revolution helmet. Yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely feel you there, man. Well, let, let's keep it on football, man. Another you know topic that was, has been going crazy just in the sports world is um you know Julian Edelman, you know right receiver, long time receiver for the Patriots, just announced his retirement, and now the, the, the debate on every show has been, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? Now. I'll jump in first, man, and I'm gonna say no, he's not. And it's not, I'm not hating on Julian Edelman. I know how great of a player he he was, and he, you know, for, for the Patriots, and he made so many big plays and big moments for those playoff teams and those championship teams. So, like, I respect that. But a, a career is more than just the playoffs. Majority of your career is the regular season. <laughs> you got 16 games a year, and what you do in those 16 games should hold a lot of weight, right? And if you look at his numbers, lined up against Hall of Fame receiver numbers, he ain't even close. Like, there's there's guys who were, you know, not in the Hall of Fame discussion at all who got better stats than Julian Edelman in the regular season. Now, I, get, I, I understand that, you know, hey, in the playoffs is when it really, really matters. And, you know, it's, if you could make big plays in Super Bowl, that, that should hold some weight and carry some weight, which it does. But you also got to understand that he played for the Patriots. He played for arguably the greatest football franchise of all time, arguably. You know what I'm saying? At least, at least in our generation, right? With Tom Brady, the GOAT. So, yes, his stats are amazing in the playoffs, but he also played a whole bunch of games. So if I'm a great wide receiver on an average to shitty roster and I just didn't make it to the playoffs a lot, I shouldn't get, you know, punished because my team didn't get there. Football is the ultimate team sport. So you can mm-hmm. be an amazing individual player and you just can't get your team to the championship because it's different than like a basketball or whatever right so all in all Julian Edelman is a great player but the NFL Hall of Fame it to me is probably the most prestigious Hall of Fame of all sports it's hard to get in it's guys like like Heinz Ward right now who was a dog who who can't get in he can't get a sniff at the Hall of Fame right now and Heinz Ward was definitely better than than Julian that's one example you know what I'm saying so it's like nah man I can't I, I don't see it I don't see it so I'll play. I'll play. Devil, I'll play devil's advocate. I'll play devil's advocate. Uh oh. Uh oh. First off, start. I'll start off saying, do I think Julian Edelman needs to be in the Hall of Fame? Um, not right now. Um, I don't think. I don't think right now is the time for him. Eventually, yes. Um, just because. What you I mean? Say what you mean? The most important. The most important games are the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? You can have so many people that are so productive. People like, obviously, Charles Barkley is, he's a he's a Hall of Fame. He's a GOAT, right? He's a GOAT, right? But 
he'll, he'll never be put on Mount Rushmore because he's never won the big games, right? right. But obviously, that's basketball. But to translate it back to football, Julian Elderman made plays on the biggest stage, uh, you know, when it was time to make plays. I get it. Right. He, he was on the Patriots. He was on a, you know, dynasty. Uh, to be wrecked with, right? They was a dynasty. They they moving. They're one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Obviously, that has to factor in, too. Um, but I do think, too, his upbringing does play a part in that as well. Um, from him coming from Kent State as a quarterback, him being a seventh rounder, him being pretty quiet and then working his tail off, not being the best when it comes to um, the intangibles like size, height, weight, and things like that, and just being at the right place at the right time, right? So he was able to join join forces with Tom Brady and, and build a bond and, and be successful at doing that. So for, for me, you know, three championships, and I think you talked to, I don't know the, uh, the specific stats, but in, yeah. in the playoffs, though, he, he has some of the best stats in the, in the playoffs. So I don't think he should be punished for just being at the right place at the right time and being able to win three championships and actually playing a part in winning those three championships. You know what I'm saying? We all remember the catch from the Atlanta Falcons game. Like, Correct. I mean, he, he did some amazing things, you know, um, never, never, ever a first ballot. You know what I mean? Definitely not. But eventually I think he should, you know, be considered because you can't just win three championships. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not, I, this is a whole nother can of worms. I'm not saying that they would have lost without him, you know, but I definitely think he was a great contributing factor to them winning three rings. Um, like you said, when you compare him to other athletes that have better stats than them or just overall better player than them, Hell yeah. Like Heinz were people like that definitely deserve to be in that dance. You know what I mean? In, in that, you know, kind of that, that, that greatest of all time hall of fame enshrinement. But, you know, I think Heinz Ward won what? One championship. Uh, I think, I think so. I think one. Yeah. The one championship, but you got a guy, man, he, he won three. You but how much weight are you going to put? Like I, championships are important. Don't get me wrong. Like, especially, but like, in football, man, like you and I know it, it's just different because it's just 11 guys on both sides of the ball. So, like, it, everybody it, contributes. Yeah, but it's it's hard for, like, like you brought up basketball. Like, basketball is five dudes on the court. So, if, if you're going to be in a GOAT conversation or Hall of Fame conversation, you should be able to get at least get your team to the, to the ship, like, to, to the championship. You know what I mean? With football, it's like it was eleven guy. I could be an amazing raw receiver, but if my quarterback is average, or my O line ain't that good, or my it's only so much you can do. So I, for me, it's like yeah, but like not, but that's not Julian Edelman's fault though. That's not his fault that he joined not, versus with the goat. But you're you, but you're using that against like you brought up. I think Heinz Ward said how many how many Heinz Ward got one. I'm not. You can't. Okay, it's not it's not Edelman's fault, but we shouldn't use that against somebody else. Like it ain't Heinz Ward's fault. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It's not, like, it's not, it's not. And, and, a, and a lot of the times, bro, it's kind of like, it's like being at the right place at the right time. You know what I'm saying? If you got a good tandem with a, with a quarterback, you know what I'm saying? You want to hold on to that because quarterbacks essentially drive, drive the league. We know that quarterbacks drive the league. And yeah. the only way you're, you're going to be successful as a receiver is if you get quarterbacks to consistently give you the ball. And we all know the relationship that Tom Brady and Julian Edelman created, bro. And they were able to make plays together, bro. Let's not forget, bro. They were making plays together, bro. I'm talking about Julian Edelman was moving from the X to, to the Z to, to the Y, you know what I mean? Motion in the slot. So he was doing a lot of things, bro. At only 5'10", bro. He's a real good, he a real good player. Don't get me wrong. 
But Hall of Famer, like, there should be no hesitation. Like, when you ask people, like, is this guy a Hall of Famer? You go, oh, yeah, of course. So like, when I say Randy Moss, you're like, oh, duh. When I say T.O., mm-hmm. duh. Jerry Rice, duh. Like, it's it just automatic. Like, that's the NFL Hall of Fame. It, it's, the, it's the best of the best. And them are, it was them are like, that's what I'm saying. Like, them are like your first ballots. They're like, no T.O. was third ballot. But I'm saying, that's what I'm saying, though. But I, but I agree. But I think the guys that you name, you know, are, are essentially the first ballot, you know, Hall of Fame. And obviously, I don't know what all goes into the Hall of Fame and what they do and what they look at to get people, you know what I mean, in that in that high, um, you know, that high regard. But at the same time, bro, I'm like, you got to look at the stats, bro. Like, obviously, we all know in football, right, the most important games are the playoffs. Obviously, it's about that body of work that you put in, but it does – happen in the playoffs like you got all these quarterbacks right let's think about the quarterbacks you can have somebody like Lamar Jackson you can have somebody like Deshaun Watson put up crazy numbers throwing the ball running the ball but we all know if they don't get to the playoffs and make shit happen that none of that shit matters but that's you know quarterback saying? though I think it's positional at, I think quarterback, that's all the board. Nah, bro because quarterback is the leader of the team and quarterback you touch the ball every single offensive play so you have a, so much control over how that how that that, that engine how that car is gonna go if you're mm-hmm. a wide receiver if you're a if you're an office alignment if you're if you're any other position outside of quarterback it's you're in a dependable role if you're a running back it's like well shoot they only gave me 15 touches, so I can only have 15 plays to really do. If I'm a wide receiver, you only threw the ball to me five times. Like, there's only so much you can do when you're in those dependable positions. The reason quarterbacks here held to a different standard because they touch the ball. Like they, they're the leader. They could. It, it, it's like being a uh, like a point guard, I guess, in basketball. Like you get the ball every single play. So I don't think quarterback is held to the same standard as a receiver. If you're a, if we're talking about quarterbacks, then yeah, I think championships matter. That's why. A lot of people call Brady the goat because he got you know he went he got what seven rings now right. But as as a receiver, it's like your your numbers and your stats and and, and like those sixteen games in the season has to matter. And, and his regular season numbers ain't even like they're yeah they're not they're not, they're not, they're not like yeah I think he yeah it's, they're definitely not good. But I'm I'm saying like I mean they're good. But I'm saying like they're not even like in the Hall of Fame. They're not they're, not, they're, they're yeah. not touching the Hall of Famers that are actually in the Hall of Fame now. But like I said, bro. What matters most, though, like you said, is 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 one of those things where it's uncontrollable for receivers because if you jump on the team, they got a bad quarterback. Obviously, they can't get you the ball, or if you don't have a line, it's a total team sport. But if you're able to catch the ball and make plays, bro, when it counts, though, that has to be something to consider when it comes to you know jumping in the Hall of Fame. Like uh, I, I get it. Like it's to me, I'm I'm a little bit different. I think for me, bro, it's it's, a, it's about winning the winning the big games, bro. It's about in the, the the dance, bro. It's about the championships, bro. Don't nothing else matter. Don't all those players in the NFL are thinking about the championships, bro. Like if you're not thinking about the championships, you know what I mean. You you on a whole different whole different playing field, you know what I'm saying. And, and you got to also think about the dynamic of which you know Belichick you know, had that program running in, you know what I mean? It wasn't designed for Julian Edelman to get the ball all the time. You know what I'm saying? They had a strong run game, bro. And they had a couple other receivers too. And Tom Brady was pretty much running the show where he knew when and who to get the ball to. You know what I mean? Julian Edelman wasn't that receiver that boom, 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 boom. Let's, let's feed him like we feed Julio Jones. Like that, that wasn't, that wasn't his, um, that wasn't his role on the team. You know what I'm saying? I think for, for me, with Julian Edelman, I think Julian Edelman played his role that he needed to do the 11 years with the Patriots. And that, in that 11 years, he was successful at playing that role 
which he just he, he needs to be, you know, congratulated for. You know what I'm saying? Because I there's so many. Clap. I mean, he, you know. Yeah, bro. Like, like I said, I don't think he deserves to jump in, in the Hall of Fame right away, bro. But eventually they will have to sit down and really consider a man who, you know, like you said, he had his his playoff numbers were were, were dead of, you know, Jerry Rice, bro. And he, he's had over seven to nine touchdowns in, in uh, the playoffs. Like he's a lot of a lot of a lot of people can't say that, bro. I feel you, bro. I feel you, man. Next time we br- we gonna have to bring this up again down the road, and I'm gonna make sure I got my numbers next to me so I can really read off the numbers and and do a deep dive and compare bro, so it's, I can really bro, break it down. Tell me, bro, you can tell me about all the numbers you can, you want to, bro, during the regular season, but we all know what really matters, bro. All right, so the regular, so reg- so, so I, everybody hear this, y'all. Sit out the whole regular season. Wait till your team makes it to the playoffs. And just make plays in the playoffs, and you go to the Hall of Fame. So you win championships. You win championships. Then, hey, I'm not saying you're gonna get in the play. Hey, I'm not gonna say. I'm not saying you're gonna get in the Hall of Fame. But there's a conversation to be had if you win in championships, though. I'm just saying. Man, I hear I'm just you, saying, bro. I'm just saying. I hear you, man. But oh. listen, I don't. That, that that that's a good one, man. We had a good we had a good debate. I ain't think you was gonna be on that side there, but yeah, I I definitely hear you, my bro, bro. So, but but I get it though. I'm I'm not <clears throat> just to say to transition. Yeah. All right, for y'all that's listening, I'm not saying he he deserves to be in there right now. All right, but I definitely think he's worth having a conversation about potentially getting into the Hall of Fame. Okay, that's a difference. I don't think he needs okay. to get in there right now, but he's definitely worth having a conversation because he has produce in, in those most important games. He has some of the best stats when it comes to producing in those games. He scored touchdowns and he played in a system where it wasn't designed for him to be that guy all the time. You know what I'm saying? Right. But that's just me. Now I respect it though. I mean, I respect it, man. Shout out to Julian Elman on, on his retirement, man. I see Mac, Gron- Mac, Mac player. Right. Mac. Hashtag Mac. Kent State. <laughs> I saw, uh, I think Gronk put something out saying like it's a 69% chance that he's going to return and play for the Bucks. So we'll see if he's really retiring or not. I think he was playing around, but hey, I wouldn't be surprised. So I wouldn't be surprised. So man. We'll see what happens. One thing, I, one, one thing I like about Bruce Arian, bro, is he, he takes, he takes chances with players, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just picked up the one guy from Cincinnati, Bernard. Uh, running back. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't come. I came. Like, bro, it's just like it's like when people get let go, bro. He like, okay, he still got something left in the tank. Let me go ahead and sign him to a one year deal. See how much production I can get out of him, and then right. go from there. You know what I mean? Antonio Brown. You know what I'm saying? Just right. it's people like that. Like he's taking his chances, bro, and he's seeing he's seeing he's seeing the reward, bro. I mean, shit. Can we? I don't know. It might smell a two P, bro. I don't uh, know, bro. I ain't gonna, that's a whole nother conversation, bro. right? But right. They, they bring it. They bring it all twenty two people back. You know what I'm saying from from both sides of the ball, bro. So Man. we'll see. I ain't never been against Brady, so yeah, I I, I wouldn't be surprised, bro. So. But yeah, man, I think that was a good – hey, it's good to be back, man. That was a fire discussion right there, man, all, you know, like all it, across the board, man. I think we, we hit on a lot of good topics there. Um, I ain't, I ain't, I want to put the pressure on I ain't know if you had something you want to you want to leave us off off with, man, or, or <laughs> what you – anything Ooh. on your mind? or what? If not, that's cool. That's cool. I, know I, always, I always got to leave, leave, leave the folks with, with something, with something positive, man. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. Um, like you see, like a lot of times, y'all, like you got people who do yoga, you got people who meditate, you got people who smoke, you know, you got people who do a lot of things to get their minds in a, in a, in a comfortable state to do whatever they need to do. You know what I'm saying? And I think at the end of the day, and I think I talked about it before, um, you know, lead with love, man. That's the, that's the only thing with all of this that's going on in the world right now. Like I said, just bind, bind together. You know what I'm saying? Especially, you know, in the black community, so much, so much things are, so much things are happening, you know, with us, to us, against us. 
you know, the last thing we need to do is have black on black crimes, us fighting each other, us getting over, uh, you know, arguing over materialistic shit and, and all that stuff. All that stuff don't matter at the end of the day. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's about, you know what I mean? Making the most of the opportunity that you have, living this sh very, very short life that we have on this earth and, and impacting the people that are around you. All right. So continue to, 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 you know, be the best you that you can be, you know what I mean? Fuck what everybody else got to say about you. You know what I'm saying? Cause at the end of the day, you know, when, when you meet that, when you, when you meet your, meet, meet the man upstairs, it's just going to be you having that conversation. So you might as well do what you got to do on this world. You know what I'm saying? So that's all I got to say. That's your come on Joe segment of the day. Shout out to, you know what I'm saying? Everybody out here just getting to it. You know what I mean? Making yes, money, you know, being, being resilient you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm, I'm praying for the families of, you know, George Floyd. He got the case going. Dante Wright's family. You know what I mean? The, the kid that just lost his life in Chicago. Um, I'm praying for all those families and, I, and I'm praying for, you know, those those guys who, who lost their lives. Yeah, man. Same here, man. Like everyone just try to, you know, keep your head on straight. Try to be as positive as you can, even through these, these tough times, man. Like you said, everyone to keep grinding, keep keep chasing their dreams, and let's just keep getting better, man. Step by step, brick by brick. And uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you, Bolo, as usual, man. Absolutely, my brother. And as you know, hey, we are the porch. Follow us on all platforms. You know what I'm saying? Subscribe. Hey, we we I mean, Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor. You know what I'm saying? Follow us on Instagram. We putting out, putting out the, we putting out the game for y'all, man. I appreciate y'all, man. Everybody that's listening in, tuning in. Hey, feel free to comment on our Instagram. Uh, what, what, what's the Instagram? I always get it right. I always get the underscore wrong. Say it, say it, say it, say it. It's underscore. Are, you, you didn't, you didn't mess me up now. Look, hold on. We are the porch <laughs> underscore. Nah, that is the porch podcast underscore. The porch podcast underscore. Okay. Yeah. Podcast underscore follow us on Instagram. We always putting out good footage for y'all. Please feel free to comment, like, subscribe. You know what I mean? Start some topics. And if y'all got any topics y'all want us to talk about, feel free to let us know as well. Shout out to my boy Kev KB for giving me the Michael Vick topic. That definitely was something that was uh, uh great to talk about. And we mm -hmm. still continue to can't we can't we can continue to expand on that on that topic as well. So nothing but love for y'all, man. And I appreciate y'all. Yes, sir, man. Peace out, my God. This is the porch. We gone. Hey. Never stopping. I got money, they act like they like me. Foreign women, expensive and pricey. Doing things I ain't seen and it's shocking. Yeah, they love me, they like how I'm rocking. Showing love since the day that I got it. Yeah. Every day finding ways to make profit. Yeah. In the booth, press record, making hot shit. Yeah, I drop this. Play my shit in the club, gotta watch it. Why the niggas be looking and plotting? They step in the game, then they catch us and rock. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.